Do you want to be sad together? <laughs> Let's be sad together. I can vibe with that. <laughs> I'd love it if we were. Sad let me together. share you. Let me share a playlist with you. <laughs> One of my go tos. <laughs> Welcome to this Bible podcast. I know, the name's super creative. I'm your host, Sam Lewis, and I'm glad you're here. We'll be diving into the daily lectionary, and I hope you'll find something that is maybe a little fun, maybe meaningful, and hopefully brings you closer to God. Let's dive in. Taylor Claire Allen, and I am a hospital chaplain full-time in Louisiana, and used to be a pastor, used to preach some, don't do that as much now, but that's okay. Um, My favorite color is purple, my favorite food is pizza, and now we're going to read the Bible. That's pretty good. (laughs) Also, you said in Louisiana, like, I feel like that's going to, like, somebody's going to be like, are you in the bayou? Like, no, I should like, clarify, I'm in New Orleans. Yeah, like, I, it's like distinctly different anyway. It is distinctly different. I was, yes, I was talking about that today, that like the South generally sucks unless you're in a metropolitan area. <laughs> right. Like Atlanta, lovely. Love it. But Georgia? <laughs> right. Well, I've often said, um, 280 that makes a perimeter around Atlanta. Like right. If you're inside the perimeter, you're in Atlanta. If you're outside of the perimeter, you're in Georgia. Yes. Those are different places. Those are different places. 100%. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, let's read some First Samuel chapter 2, 1 through 10. Hannah's prayer. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, it's a good one. Talk about rejoicing in my discomfort and rejoicing. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah prayed and said, my heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in my God. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your victory. There is no holy one like the Lord, no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry are fat with spoil. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low. He also exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones but the wicked will perish in darkness for not by might does one prevail. The Lord, his adversaries will be shattered. The most high will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king. 
and exalt the power of his anointed. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God. Amen. Um, So just a little bit of context for those of us who, you know, maybe it's been a hot minute since we've read uh, first or second Samuel for that matter. Um, But uh, first Samuel starts off uh, talking about uh, Hannah and uh, her uh, sister wife. Uh, is it Panina? I believe. Um, and, uh, Hannah has no children and Panina has just boatloads. All the kids. Um, which, you know, in this time, a lot of, a lot of value in having a lot of kids and not a lot of value in not having them. And Hannah just prays to the Lord, like, please give me a baby. And, um the priest Eli is like hey is this lady drunk are you drunk in the temple just like blabbering on she's like I'm not drunk I'm praying um which uh there's a lot to say there but that is not our bible reading today um, I mean, yeah I'm not drunk then, I'm praying should be the title though of yes podcast I feel like that could anyway that's another story for another time but that's but we're going to record a whole podcast that's I'm not drunk, I'm praying. I'm not drunk, I'm praying. <laughs> um, so, and then, um, you know, as First Samuel puts it, um, God looks on her with favor and she conceives a child. Um, so this is, and she promised God if God would give her a baby, she would give that baby back to God. Um, right and abandon him in the temple um <laughs> you can it's, not really, it's not really abandonment um <laughs> she would she would uh yeah she would dedicate him to the temple so that mm-hmm. uh he could serve god full-time for his whole life and so this is her kind of prayer of rejoicing at that i don't know if we want to get into Uh, acknowledging the problematic kind of mindset that comes with assuming that if you um, are able to get pregnant, uh, it's because God loves you. And if you are (laughs) not able to get pregnant, uh, it's because God's ignoring you. Uh, You're the chaplain here. Do you want to jump in? (laughs) Certainly. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, you know, I, while I may be the chaplain, um, this is something, you know, we see all the time with uh, even, even you know, you have uh, have women and families who um, who do have a child and, you know, they, they do conceive and they do have this whole pregnancy and then um, things go wrong at the end. And so what, what do we make of that? How do we... Um, how do we make sense of that? And, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I really think that I, I do believe it is, it is my belief that God is a God who weeps with us. Um, that kind of keeps me from spiraling into that theological trap. Um, but yeah, it, it is definitely painful to, um, painful to hear how, 
how often this gets used as a way of like, oh, well, if you just pray enough or pray more or you're favored and it's, it's that language of blessing, right? Right. right. Uh, you know, um, which I, which I wrestle with a lot. Like, how do you acknowledge, you know, a blessing or, you know, recognizing and acknowledging the blessings in your life without kind of this, this mindset of like, oh, because I have X, Y, and Z, like I am blessed. So therefore the person who does not must not be blessed, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, so that's definitely. Yeah. And uh, like, if God is blessing me and not somebody else, cause God prefers me or right. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, this is more than we're going to tackle today, but like, then you get into like, is God active in our lives? Because if God is like active in our lives and um, is blessing some people and not others, I don't, I don't, that's not really, I'm not on board with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's um, I'm, I'm there as well. Yeah. It, it um, but it's, it's so interesting um, to read this and I guess um, anecdotally for my own life, like this is probably the first time in um, years <laughs> that my life feels like things have been actually going right. Um, and so, but even even the thought of praying a prayer like this makes me spooked. <laughs> um and I, I think just because I've spent so much time waiting for the other shoe to drop. So it's kind of like, I resonate more with those, with those prayers of just like, what gives God? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, we acknowledge that it's complex and, and God yeah. doesn't um, choose anyone's suffering. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um God doesn't uh, choose one person to suffer and another to not or um, help people get pregnant because God prefers them. Um, And I think, like you said, I think the thing that I try to remember is like when we are hurting, God is hurting with us. Like that is actually the, maybe the greatest message of Christianity is that God's choice is to live our pain with us yes um it's like one of the greatest markers of christianity right um and so i think we can kind of read this kind of having um settled on that and knowing that as we read this we read it not differently but with a different perspective than um they may have had when this was written Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and when those stories were passed down. Absolutely. And then if we're able to kind of back up from that, um, it really has some uh, Song of Mary prequel uh, vibes to it. Oh, 100%. Like all of these dichotomies just being flipped uh, upside down. It is so good. <laughs> like, Yeah. And I think speaks to, I, this almost feels more specific than the Magnificat for me. Like the specificity of like, 
you know, the Baron, she's born seven now. And then the woman with many children, she's forlorn. Like, uh, you know, just, this is getting like really personal. <laughs> for Anna. She's like, hey, Panina. <laughs> what <You>. now? <laughs> it's just, well, and because like Panina was like mocking her, right? When See, like Panina. Get get it together. Get it together. You've got the children. Chill out. You don't you don't calm need down. Them. Like yeah. who hurt you? Well, there you there well, that's it. You know. Uh there's a but childhood wound there. You're right. It is very specific in like here's, you know, here's what God does. Right. Right. Um, and there's I think the specificity of it really speaks to um, now this is an interesting kind of thing to get into is, um, is like the, the human, the natural human desire for like equality and equity and like fairness or, and in some cases like revenge, vengeance, sure. like, things like that. So it's like in a, in some ways I can kind of read it that way of like, at last, like the tables have turned. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying that that is how Hannah is praying this, but um, I don't know. I think it just, it's helpful to see as a human, like that another human being in the world <laughs> prayed to God in this way. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Like, it's fair to say like, oh, not only like was somebody else a little bit petty, but like they wrote it down. <laughs> They and passed it down. in town for <laughs> centuries. Um, Pettiness yeah. has been passed down in my family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a a generational pettiness. Uh, you know, well, so it has this kind of, I think, Ecclesiastes um, 3 feel to me where it says, like, he makes poor, gives wealth, brings low, but also lifts up high. Um, and then it has this kind of, I think, justice-oriented piece um, raises the poor from the dust, lifts the needy from uh, what the common English Bible translates as the garbage pile, right? Mm-hmm. Sits them with officials, gives them the seat of honor. Those who were filled sell themselves for bread, but the ones who were starving are now fat from food. Mm-hmm. There is consistently in this scripture, in, in not just this scripture, but throughout the canon, this... Um, this kind of revolving um, idea or or continuous idea that God is going to be present with those who are hurting. God is going to deliver and lift up and uh, proclaim that uh, those who are hurt by our world and by our word, world standards, uh, God is going to be with them and lift them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm into that. Oh, for sure. I mean, (laughs) I, I think the thing that I find myself wrestling with, um, often, and this is just uh, something that I think about theologically, spiritually, academically, even, um, is, is how, how you recognize, you know, this nod to justice, not, not even not this like specific 
um, explicit, you know, hope for justice and the reversal of things um, for God to be on the side of the hurting and the suffering and the poor. Um, how, as a person of faith and a person of immense privilege, do you like sit with it? Like, you know, what, like, right. what does it mean for me? Um, cause like, of course I want to think like God's on my side cause I'm suffering. Like, but also like, <laughs> there's a lot of factors that put me in the, uh, the, uh, the full category yeah. and the, I don't know the, it, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, just kind of sitting with that, I guess, conviction we can call it. I don't know. Yeah. And I think that's right. Right. And I think we are like, I know I am absolutely prone to say like, well, yeah, this is about me getting lifted up when like, mm, I am a cis white person in America. And so like, yeah. eh, is it about me getting <laughs> lifted up? Maybe it's about me being kicked on my ass. <laughs> I guess like what, in a, in a way, and maybe this is super <laughs> masochistic, like what a gift to be humbled in that way and to be challenged and like to be brought low. Like, um, well, I think it beats the heck out of like having no recognition and just living your life. Like you are the, you know, the world's greatest gift. Mm. Mm, yeah okay so th there's a lot here right there is um things to wrestle with that are um you know different worldviews from where it was the, the time when this was passed down to now there are um spaces where it's very clear that um we are you know called and calling and paying attention to God lifting up um, those who are hurting. Um, and I think maybe a, a, a call that says like, and like, even though we don't want to solely identify as the oppressed, um, particularly as people of privilege, when we are hurting, when we do find ourselves in the dust, God does lift us up. Yeah. Um, so, the, you know, there's a lot here. If you yeah. were to take something with you today um, from this passage, what would you take with you? What would you kind of hang on to um, as something to to carry throughout your day? Mm. I do think the, I think, I honestly think as as much as the the language of it, you know, I name that the language of it makes me uncomfortable, but it's, it's very poignant to me is um, six through eight is, you know, the Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low. He also exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor for the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and on them. God has set the world. Um, I think in these kind of, in, in this sort of ecclesiastical, like kind of what you were saying, it's very, it, it's very Ecclesiastes in this, in this passage. And I guess it just is the reminder for me of like, 
that question that we ask in chaplaincy a lot is where is God for the in for you in all of this? Like, where is God in your cancer diagnosis? Where is God in a successful liver transplant? Where is God in the loss of your child? You know, and um and I think if you're the one suffering, God is with you in the suffering, you know, like we've said. Um and, and so I think I I think God can be and is present in all of it. Um if we just open our eyes to see it and 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 seek God in that. Um yeah, I think that's important. And I think that is kind of the takeaway for me is that, you know, as I go throughout the day to pay attention to where I am and to where God is in that, right? Because wherever, wherever, wherever I am, (laughs) wherever I am, God's going to show up Mm -hmm. Um, in, uh, in the high and the low, um, God's going to be there and it's a good opportunity for me to pay attention to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, this has been a joy. This was so fun. Uh, will you pray for us? I would love to. Excellent. Thanks. All right. All right. Let us pray. God, we thank you that you give life and you bring low that you lift up the lowly and you bring down the arrogant. We thank you that you are in all of these things. We thank you that you are in us and that you are around us and with us. Open our eyes to see where you are in our lives, in the lives of others, and call us to do your work in the world to turn things upside down when they need to be turned upside down. Help us to see you. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Oh, wow. Thank you, friend. Thank you. This was super fun.